We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Twenty minutes a day. 365 days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Welcome back, Packers fans, to the Pack-A-Day Podcast, the Thursday edition of the Pack-A-Day Podcast. The weekend is almost here. I am half of your Thursday crew, Jason Perrone. You can find me on Twitter at Jason Perrone, and I'm also over at Game On Wisconsin, where I do the Quick Slants Podcast with a fresh new episode coming out every Monday. Return this past Monday. If you haven't checked it out, get over there at Game On Wisconsin and check that out. So, Mark Eckel with me as always. We had some technical difficulties. Our guest was the Athletics' Zach Rosenblatt, and we have his conversation with us here for you, the beginning of our call, we ran into some technical issues. So I led off with a question for Zach about former Green Bay Packers that are now with the New York Jets, most notably, obviously, Aaron Rodgers. My first question to Zach was how the team and the Jets organization has responded to having Aaron Rodgers in the building at training camp and preparing for this season. Here's Zach Rosenblatt of The Athletic and our conversation with him on this edition of the Packaday Podcast. Yeah, I, I think the acclamation has been pretty on, like, pretty positive so far, generally. I think Aaron, you know, I, I didn't follow the Packers extremely closely before, uh, you know, this became like a possibility. But um, so I don't know if he was like this before, but he's been, he's ha- he has his hands in everything. He's 
going into the offensive line meeting rooms. He's going <laughs> in the running back rooms. He's quizzing all of his teammates. He's pulling defensive players aside during practice when they make mistakes. Like he, he's like enveloping himself in the culture and making him like the leader of this team. And so I, I, I think that is legit right now. We'll see if it, like how that goes as the season goes along and if things aren't going well and all that good stuff. But I, I would say it's been a pretty rousing success so far. I, you know, I, I, I know the Jets have become like, you know, a target for criticism and, you know, mockery because of how much they're talking about how they, they think they can win a Super Bowl and all that. But I think people outside of New York should remember that Jets fans and the Jets have been pretty tortured for a very long time. Right. They're not the Packers. They haven't <laughs> had that kind of success. They haven't had a good quarterback in a very, very long time. So everybody is very excited. And so I think, you know, let them enjoy this for a little bit. And then if it goes poorly, you can make fun of them during the season. That's what I would say. I think I, I, I could be wrong, but I think I don't think there's any gray here. I think it's either going to be yeah, great. I think either Rodgers is going to play like he can and has in the, not last year, but a couple of years ago. And, and maybe, you know, be in the MVP conversation. Uh, I'm not saying he's going to win it because there's that guy in Kansas City that's pretty good, too. But um I, and things are going to go well. The Jets are going to make the playoffs for the first time in forever, maybe win a division for the first time in forever, maybe go far. To play. And it's all going to be great, and everybody's going to be happy, or it's going to be a complete disaster. I don't, I don't think they're going to be like – I don't think they're going to be like a, the, the last wild card and make – I think they're either going to be really good or, like, flop. And, I, you know, again, there, there could be that – there's a long middle ground in there. But if they do – if they – if the – if the latter happens, if it, if it doesn't work out, if Rodgers is not what the Jets thought he was when they traded for him, if he's on the decline, what does that do to the Jets organization? What does that, does that, is Douglas in trouble? Is, is Soleil in trouble? Like, what's the long-term ramifications if this doesn't work? I mean, if I, if it doesn't work and it like can implodes in the way that I think you're implying where like everything right. is a disaster, like, you know, like they go eight and nine or seven and 10 and, and, and miss the playoffs. Yeah. You know, Again, like a lot of that would probably have to do is like is, if Rodgers is healthy the entire season is probably a part yeah. of that too. But yeah, but yeah, to answer your base basic question, like a lot of people would be getting fired. I think Salah, I think, would be out of a job. Joe Douglas, you know, I'm 50-50 on, but I, I I don't know that he would survive it either. Like, you know, the, the biggest thing is that last year they imploded at the end of the year. Uh, they shouldn't be a playoff team, but they lost six games in a row because their offense was a disaster. Their quarterback was a disaster. This is a guy that they drafted, uh, Zach Wilson. And it was a complete mess. And, and so the way they they went to Woody Johnson and they said, we, we believe we're a quarterback away. And they believed they could get somebody of Aaron Rodgers caliber. I don't know if they were like, OK, we're going to get Aaron Rodgers. I think they believed they had a chance at getting him, Derek Carr, whoever it would have been. They, they just felt like if they could get a quality quarterback in there, we have the defense, we have the young offensive weapons that we could be a playoff team. So just let us go all in on this quarterback spend a lot of money on him, spend a lot of draft capital, all that good stuff. And we'll be a team that's going to contend for a Super Bowl. And so if they turn around and they lose, you know, owners in general are pretty impatient. I think Woody Johnson's been one of the most in, impatient ones in the NFL over the years. Um, and so I, I, I don't think a lot a lot of people would be out of jobs. And I think you'll almost certainly be looking at a new coach. And I think Aaron Rodgers, you know, I'm not 100 percent sure he would even come back if it was a disaster. So it, it'd be an epic disaster of epic proportions is what I would say. My money is on things going well. It's we've we've had Aaron Rodgers here for 16 years, and and it was never a good idea to bet against him for most of the time that yeah. he was here. So my bet is that it's probably going to be on the the better end of things, assuming obviously that he's healthy. I mean, he looks like he's in great shape. He obviously is a is a very solid quarterback, and and we know that. I I kind of more want to ask you a, a question for yourself. I mean, you have covered 
a, a crazy amount of change in New York between all the coaching staff, the players, yeah. Green Bay East, and now you've got the, the Hall of Fame game coming up later today, Thursday. Hard Knocks is coming. What has all of that been like compared to other seasons in terms of covering it and, and keeping up with it? And are you sleeping at night? <laughs> well, so I, I have a joke that I've been saying for very many years and that, and, the, and I say that the reason why I don't do TV is because I have a face for radio. And despite <laughs> despite that, I've been getting asked to go on TV more than I ever have in my career previously, is what I would say. Um, despite my face, I've been asked to go on TV a lot. So, yeah, there's been there's been a lot of attention. You know, I'm getting requests like this one from you guys and going on radio shows and going on podcasts. People want to know about Aaron Rodgers, either on a national level or on a localized level, like Packers and, and like Jets stuff. And it's, uh yeah, I mean, look, I – for all Aaron Rodgers' faults, and and you guys are aware of them, um, I he, he's a very you know controversial and popular figure, and people want to read what he's saying, and people want to read about what he's doing, and so it, it's good for business ultimately. Like for me, it's 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 been fun just because there's more attention on the things I'm doing, and ultimately when I write stuff, I want people to read it, and so if more people are reading it, then you know whatever you can be being as be as weird as he wants to be. <laughs> oh, he'll be weird. He's a complicated <laughs> fellow as as. Mark Murphy told us uh, he's a complicated <laughs> fellow, but but let me so and um he's been he hasn't he's been a different Aaron Rodgers in terms of showing up to the mini camps that he didn't or no well yeah. I guess you canceled the mini camp but the all season stuff is he going to play in, he, he's not going to play tomorrow night right or tonight no they said the only game that he might play in would be the last preseason game against the Giants um like and that's if they feel like they need to just like get the operation some practice kind of thing but. I, I feel like he doesn't think he needs to. So I, I lean towards him not playing at all in the preseason. He, he even said, like, you know, he came for the OTAs and he was happy that he did. But he even went on a rant recently about how he thinks OTAs are useless and uh, and how it's it's more for young players. And so I think that would probably that would probably be the last OTAs we see him at, I would say. Yeah, I'm surprised you, you saw him there. But um, well, um, I'm, I'm sorry, Jason, we just got this one in, too. So you've had, like, you, Jason brought up the heart. You know, it's been a crazy I mean, this, you know, getting Aaron Rodgers was was enough of an offseason and enough of a major move. And then you had, and Hard Knocks comes in and everything else. And then you have, you have to deal with Sean Payton mm. calling Nathaniel Hackett to, saying he did the worst coaching job in the history of the, of the <laughs> NFL. So, I mean, and I saw some, I saw some quotes. I guess I saw your, your story as well on Hackett was pretty, I, I guess he was pretty stand up talking about that, wasn't he? Yeah. And, you know, Hackett. Um, he was hurt, right? I mean. It kind of hurt. Yeah, yeah. I, I think you. So it's it surprised because so since he's been here, he's kind of like avoided talking about the Broncos situation pretty much at all. Um, and so I, I kind of expected him to kind of say, you know, we're moving on. But he came out for his press conference and before anybody asked any questions. He came out and started saying all the stuff he was saying about how we live in a glass house, but we all live in the house together. And, and you know, there's certain things you're supposed to do and certain things you're not. And so I think he pretty clearly was hurt by what Sean Payton said. But he also doesn't know Sean Payton at all. My, my whole thing. Um, you know, I think Champagne's comments were pretty out of line and kind of kind of wild for a coach to say. But I also, to kind of what Hackett Hackett kind of said this too. He's like, I, did, I thought this would happen uh, before he about to play them. I, I didn't think the Jets would be getting like criticized and made fun of. Because part of the comments from Champagne about the Jets were about how like you know they're just trying to win the off season and yep. that usually doesn't work out and all that stuff. I, I I figure people would start talking crap about the Jets once the season got here. Once we got closer, I did not expect it. 
when everybody was opening training camp for that to be like a topic of conversation of a team of somebody going at them and Robert Sala, you know, pushing back and all and all the players coming to their defense and like it. It's perfect for the Jets because as anybody who follows the Jets knows that just like this kind of stuff just follows them. There's always something happening. What long before Rodgers got here, which is why he's a perfect Jets quarterback. There's just always something weird or crazy happening, and so uh, for it to happen like this, like it was, it was good fodder for a few days. I think it was great August, July content, but I think everybody will move on from it a little bit until that game. When until that game, that makes that that Jets Broncos game is kind of like I'm looking forward to it. I, I, yeah, I, I, yeah, I saw, I, I, saw uh, I saw Mike Tomlin was like, let's, I, even Mike yeah. Tomlin had a quote where he's like, let's like put that game on at 8 p.m. so I can watch it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Peyton was out of line. There's no doubt about it. I mean, I'm, I was shocked. The coaches don't say that kind of stuff. No. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, the, the maybe it's not funny is the right word. Like, I don't think anybody's disputing that Nate Daniel Hackett did a bad job with the Broncos. I think yeah, everybody's mad started. that I think everybody's mad that Sean Payne is saying it out loud. Is the, is the, right. Exactly. And and I mean, and, and making a comment like the worst coaching job in NFL history. Like, the, what do you accomplish by saying that to really anybody? I, like, I. That, that was a little out of line. Like, I think there's things you can criticize Hackett for, certainly. Um, uh, I mean, he got fired within his first season because it was an absolute mess over there. Like, that's undeniable. But, yeah, you, you don't you don't go out and say the things he did about another person who's still in, in the profession. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I was shocked. Whether there, and I'll say this, whether there's a code or not, that you don't need a code to know that that was, that was kind of crass by Sean Payton. You know, from an outsider's perspective, uh, you just you know whether it's code or not, it, it was it was definitely kind of on the on the lines of the disrespect there. And I'm I'm just looking. So this game right now is an afternoon game, uh, but I'm seeing from CBS Sports reporting it, it, even today that this game could be one of the first games flexed. <laughs> uh, seriously, I mean because uh, you know you and you might as well. I mean that's that's how the NFL tries to get it right, but you can't count on a coach, um, you know, dishing on another coach like that. Um, so Zach, I was I was going to ask you because there's a lot of youth on this team. You talked about some of the young players uh, a little bit earlier, and one of the big keys, and the Packers are seeing this as well too, is is the jump that the young players are going to make from one year to the next, which is really going to impact the the way that the season is going to go and how well that they're going to do. So you've got Garrett Wilson, Sauce as a, as a couple examples there, and now you've got some veterans on this team. A lot of them came from Green Bay. How are the the young guys taking to the, the veterans being around them? And you know, obviously Robert Sala is a solid coach as well, and he's going to get these guys up. But what kind of impact do you think this can can make as far as that jump from one year to the next for these young guys? Um, yeah, I mean, I I think it, it's all kind of meshed together really well so far. And I, you know, I've, I've this is my sixth year covering the NFL. Like I. I've never covered rookies quite like Sauce Gardner and Garrett Wilson and Brees Hall. Like the level of their not only their maturity, but like they just really just felt like they got it like right out of the gate. I've never really seen it to that degree. You saw how good they were last year, and so I think matching them and, and not only that, they you were, we would go to Sauce Gardner and Garrett Wilson for like comments when things were going wrong. And Garrett Wilson, you know, went on a rant after one game about how the offense needs to get their their crap together, and he was taking shots at Zach Wilson. And like this is stuff that you don't really see from rookies, but they're like. They were leading the team last year. Now you bring Aaron Rodgers in, he kind of calms everything down. It's a calming presence. Um, him and Garrett Wilson have really hit it off. Him and Sauce Gardner, as you've seen with all their viral stuff together, yeah. they've hit it off. So I, I think it is a match. You know, I, Rodgers just kind of alluded to feeling young, being around all these guys, and I think there is something to that. Like, you know, it, Rodgers is going to a new place with a lot of young people who are fresh and, like, don't really know what's in front of them. And 
and I and I, I think it's it's a good match, and I I think it's going to work out uh, personally in terms of like him and Garrett in particular, because I think Garrett has some similarities and you know personality and talent to Devonte Adams when he was coming up. So I think that's going to be a marriage that's going to work out pretty well. So yeah, it's a it's a pretty exciting time, like just to combine you know the young with the old, like they are. Let me ask you this, Zach. The Jets. I mean, Rogers is the guy. Obviously, I mean, it's, you know, they they went out and got him. They made it clear. How has Wilson handled all this? I mean, he's had some rough moments already. I mean, he was a number two pick at a draft a couple of years ago. I mean, that's pretty. You know, it's not like he was a even a low first rounder. He was a number two pick, right? I mean, and they, you know, he's obviously out of favor there. But they kept. I'm, I'm, I was surprised, and even though they came out and said we're we're, we're going to keep him, I thought for sure they were going to try to trade him and get. Something you know, some other team would take a shot on him and give the Jets something like they got for you know they 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 got a couple of picks for Sam Darnold a couple of years ago. Has has he been? Has anyone talked to him even, or is he even around? Like, what's his, what's going through him? Like, is, is is does he still have a future down the road when Rodgers is done? Or um, so we haven't talked to him since the start of camp yet. I think we're going to get him for the first time after the game uh, on Thursday night. Is he going to start um, tomorrow night or tonight? He is. He is. Okay. And so I so I think that'll that'll like help answer for me where he's at because right. you know he's saying all he's saying all the right things everybody's saying all the right things about him Aaron Rodgers was his hero before he got here like he had talked about that last year before they played each other and so if there was if they were going to bring in anybody to replace him I think that was an ideal person for him but yeah you know I he's looked you know more comfortable in practice there's still some inaccuracy issues but last year the biggest issue we had was confidence and and his confidence in practice doesn't really mean much to me and so seeing him how he's playing on a national stage even in a preseason game if he goes out there and he looks okay to tonight he's uh I, I mean i'll feel better about his future and, and if he doesn't you know i'm not going to put all the weight on a preseason game but ultimately like he just does not seem to have like you know the mental capacity to handle being an nfl quarterback like that's not what he's shown so far and if he if he's learned from everything last year maybe the spotlight's off him and he's and he's handling it a little better then then you start feeling better about the possibility of him being a future option but you know with the rogers thing if, if rogers is serious about how long he wants to play which as you guys know you you have to take with a grain of salt um, year to year. But uh, Rodgers seems, it, at the very least, it seems like he's going to play at least two more years based on the contract. And if you go two more years, you know, at that point, you have to make a decision on Zach Wilson's fifth-year option, and then there's, you know, what, what you do at that point. So I, I don't I don't envision a future of him in New York, but does he have an NFL future? I think we'll kind of find that out in the preseason, honestly. Yeah, and with Rodgers, he, he said at one point he wanted to try to play into his 40s, said mid-40s, but... I think he's backed off of that a little bit, but here he is going to, he's going to turn 40 in December. So if he ends up playing one more, one more season, then, you know, that's, that, that'll accomplish his goal of, of playing into his forties a little bit. So um, Zach, thanks so much for some time. We're going to cut you loose here. We appreciate you updating everybody on what's going on on with the uh, Packers East before, uh, before we let you go, uh, let everybody know where they can find your work and, and, uh, and all that good stuff. Yeah, I, uh, I cover the Jets for the Athletics. All my stuff's on the site. You know, I, we have a podcast called Can't Wait. Uh, that we cover the Jets. We do once or twice a week. Uh, and then, yeah, I'm on Twitter, at Zach Blatt, Z-A-C-K-B-L-A-T-T. Awesome. Enjoy, cool. the, enjoy the Hall of Fame game, and thanks so much, Zach. Yeah, thanks, guys. Zach is also a, a graduate of NJ.com, which we never worked together there, but he came – he's a lot younger than me, obviously. But he, um, he came on – I, I thought he took my place when I retired, but he was probably about a, maybe it was about a year later, I guess, that he came on and, and replaced another guy that was there, Matt Lombardo. But he, he worked, he covered the Eagles for a few years for 
NJ.com and then went to the Giants, I think for maybe a year before he moved on to the athletic cover. And so he's covered three different NFL teams. Okay. So he knows his stuff. Yeah, that was good. That was a good update on what's going on over there. I know there was some intrigue and some peaked interest around, around Packers land, and we've been wanting to have Zach on for the last couple of weeks. So that was a good conversation. But if we if we switch the conversation over to training camp, Mark, since last time we were on, a lot, of, a lot has happened. There's been a lot of practice a lot of reps and one thing i want to start with i mean obviously a lot of, a lot of some roster moves roster 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 moves yep uh jonathan garvin was released and there's there's been but some Darius hamilton was released right he was released on wednesday right so yeah so a lot of a lot of that and a lot of that's going to happen now and and we're noticing the coaching staff is if if they need to make a change or they need to do something, they're going to do it. So we saw earlier this week, uh, for example, we've heard about some of the struggles about Josh Meyer. I know that there's been some some varying takes on how well or how not well he's doing at center. But Zach Tom moved in and took some reps with the ones on the offensive line. So Mark, we hear we keep hearing every year after year, get your best five out there, get your best five out there. But it seems like Matt Lafleur and the coaching staff are dedicated to figuring out who that's going to be. Yeah, that's that's the story to me that's the story of camp. i mean jordan loves the story of camp but that's the most in that's aside from love that's that's interesting because yeah tom's one of their best players there's no doubt about it one of the best offensive line there's, there's he's proven it uh whether he's a tackle or now his original position in college center i guess but you know i think the problem with myers more so is from what i've been reading i'm not there obviously but there's been a lot of botched snaps Mm-hmm. Yeah. Him and Love. Right. Like a couple a day, every day. You can't have that. I mean, no. blocking aside and everything else aside, you can't have, you just can't. That's just something that has to be fixed. And if it's not, so that, if, if I think that's uh, bottom line, I think LaFleur and the staff said, hey, we, you know, listen, we can't have these, what, what, this is, <laughs> this ain't going to, this ain't going to fly. We can't have box snaps every day. So, and they're not going to take Love out. So, <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, I, that's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. So basically, it's who's better, Neiman or or Myers? Because Tom's in. Tom's going to be somewhere. Mm-hmm. Runyon, Tom, and then obviously Bakhtiari and Jenkins are going to be four to five. So now, do you have Tom at center and Neiman at right tackle, or you know Tom at right tackle and Myers at center and Neiman as the swing guy? I'm starting to think it might be Tom at center. Now remember when Elton Jenkins joined the Packers and. He moved around a lot, and there was a lot of talk about where he might be best suited. And the Packers used him everywhere. I mean, he's played every single position on the line at one point, and he's settled in at left guard right now. And Zach Tom, here's another really versatile offensive line. No surprise, the Packers like versatile guys, and it's paying off in this case here because now you have a solution to your highly drafted center. And also, kudos to this coaching staff for not getting tunneled in on the fact that, hey, this is a second-round pick. We have to stick with him for the next couple of years and just work through it. But it's like, well, no, because one of the strengths, the biggest strengths of this team is the offensive line. And so you don't want to screw that up. And especially with a young quarterback, you, you need to make sure that everything is, is ship-shaped. Now, Andy did a show earlier this week where he talked about the snap issues and he did say that you always have to go back and kind of watch the mechanics of the snap as far as what happened. Right. But he said, to your point, Mark, the common denominator is Josh Myers. And regardless of what it actually ends up being, you, you, have, to, you have to get it right at center and make sure that, that everything is good there. Because love is going to get under center. It's not going to be straight shotgun all, exactly. all the time. Thank you. That, I was going to say that. Myers is, you know, Rodgers was in shotgun so much 
that you know and, and and you would probably think it's probably harder to snap shotgun but if that's what you're used to now you're under center you again yeah you got but you got to get it right you can't and and kudos like you said kudos to the coaching staff for saying hey we're not going to put up with this i got to think this though and i could be wrong because uh, i know some people think tom could go to center and become one of the best centers in the league and and maybe he will be tom, i love that tom. I thought that was a great great pick last year it really was i mean the fact that he came in as a rookie and was able to play left and right tackle and, and didn't hurt the Packers at all at either spot. Actually, he was the last two games, I thought he played very well at right tackle. I mean, he, he embarrassed Zadarius Smith against Minnesota. And then he kind of, he controlled Aiden Hutchinson, who's a great player for the Lions, you know, another rookie. But, he, you know, if it wasn't for Sauce Gardner, he'd have been rookie of the year. And he was killing Neiman. And Tom went in and kind of controlled him. I mean, I'm not saying he, he didn't dominate him, but he, he controlled him. He held his own against him for for sure. So, I I don't I think Tom's future now this year he may be your center, and he might put Neiman out at right tackle and back to your left tackle and all that. But I think eventually Zach Tom will be will be your your left tackle when whenever whenever back to your um, decides he's done or the, the Packers decide they're not going to re-sign him or you know whatever. I think I think because I think you can find centers easier than you can find. You can find a good center easier than you can find a good left tackle. I think eventually Tom will be back out at tackle, and the Packers may be drafting a center as soon as you know next year. You know, maybe as soon as next year if if Myers is added to the picture. More intrigue with regards to the offensive line because there's then then there's the debate of if Zach Tom goes out, if he does play center, for example, and has a really good season. Do the Packers say, "Hey, let's not mess with the good thing"? Now he's got a lot to offer at tackle. But if he's really, really good at center, do they say, "Hey, let's not mess with a good thing. Let's remember what happened know. with Elton," and then and then they decide to to try to find a tackle? And I guess it depends on who's coming in and who they like as well. Yeah, I just think you you have a good tackle. I mean, they might need two new tackles. Neiman's yes. a free agent. They could lose him to free agency. Correct. And Bakhtiari could you know who knows he could retire or he could in his they they're going to have to do something. They're not going to pay him. They're not going to take his salary cap hit next year. Right. Right. No. They're, they're either going to tear that up and extend them with a new contract or trade them or cut them. Something's going to happen with back to yard next year, one, one way or another. Mm-hmm. So I, I, like I said, if, if Tom might be a great center, but I think you can find how the Packers could have had a great center if they just would have taken Creed Humphrey, Humphrey. Of Myers a couple mm-hmm. in that draft, which I was screaming for, but I don't, I, I just think if you can get by with it this year, uh, then again, here's another, here's another thing that we're not, we're not factoring in. Packers have two other young tackles on their roster who all indications are have looked pretty good and running with the twos and Caleb Jones and Rashid Walker. Walker, yeah. I mean, you know, that's two possibilities for the future as well. So maybe maybe they feel they have their tackles going forward and maybe Tom will be here. You know, I don't know. I just think Tom's is a good player. And same with, and they, you, you bring up Elton, Elton Jenkins. He was a center. In, everyone thought yeah. he was a center. Right. He was a center. He was supposed to be uh, eventually be, be the center, but they drafted Myers, and he was so he got so good at left guard that it was. And I think I I, I always thought that uh, you know because he had to play tackle a couple times and looked pretty good doing it. Like when Bakhtiari was out, I thought all right, they're going to m- eventually make him a tackle because again, tackle is your most important position and and the hardest to find good ones at. Although the Packers seem to find them, but now they just you know. He's so good at left guard. He's probably he's probably the best left guard in football. Mm-hmm. So 
they just say that you know let's let's not mess with it just let them play left you know and again it's nice to have that ability that you could move you know somebody got hurt in the game and you you know you only have whoever dressed you could put Jenkins here or there and you know he's not going to hurt you you can never have too many good offensive linemen on a roster right and versatile ones at that I mean that's what helps and, and like you said the Packers generally go for those kind of guys they they draft they draft a lot of tackles and make them guards or guards centers and make them guard guard you know they most oh, oh, I'm, there are various other I guess Walker and, and Jones the two young tackles that I mentioned might be the only two two offensive linemen in the mix who are just one position players mm-hmm. yeah and there are actually two because I think they both take snaps on left and right side so they're somewhat but I, I mean I don't, I don't think either one of them would ever move the guard I mean they could maybe but I don't I mean they haven't so but I mean even like Jake Hansen is a center, but he's played guard. Royce Newman is a was was a tackle in college, but he's he's a guard here. Um, Sean Ryan was a tackle at UCLA, who they're moving to guard, and apparently has has played has played better, has played pretty well in camp so far. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry, with overpriced, underperforming products, and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great, too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Yeah, he's had an okay camp, so then good. You know, finally, maybe is he going to be the one that breaks the third round curse? I don't know. I mean... 
we'll see if he if he makes the team. But like I said, you can't have too many good offensive linemen. And even back to the days of Ted Thompson, they liked versatile guys, and they would always bring yep. in tackles and move them to guard. And yeah, go they, through the years, Sitton and, mm-hmm. and um, Lang were both tackles that became guards. That became guards, and and then it was funny because when they had to play tackle at the NFL level, they weren't very good. They were much better guards than they were right. tackles. But the NFL's a a totally different game now. Kind of pivoting a little bit off the offensive line, uh, two. So on each side of the ball, the names that I'm hearing the the most on defense, it's Jair Alexander, and he sounds like he's really back to form and and doing a lot of really good things on the defensive side of the ball. Jair, uh, Jair, what did Andy call it? Jair Island or whatever he called it is is back in effect. And then on the offensive side, I keep hearing about how good Romeo Dobbs at wide receiver has been. Now Christian Watson has made some plays as well, but Dobbs we talked about is is kind of that X factor. It's like, we know what Christian Watson can do and he's fast and he's going to outrun guys. And he's going to make some big plays, but Romeo Dobbs, if, if you have so much attention focused on a guy like a Watson and if Musgrave draws attention as well early on, and you still have Aaron Jones back there, Romeo Dobbs could be primed to have a, a sneaky, really, really good season. Oh, I, I love Dobbs. I liked him last year. I thought, you know, he's a great route runner. He's always where he's supposed to be, which for a young guy, that's, that's good. I mean, that's, he didn't get yelled at much last year by the quarterback, as like a lot of other guys did. So, yeah, no, Dobbs is going to Dobbs. He was playing great before he got hurt last year mm-hmm. in that awful the Lions game where everybody got hurt. Yeah. So, yeah, and then he, when he came back, I don't think he was quite. I don't think he was 100. percent So he didn't play quite as well. But no, Dobbs is going to be good. Watson and I again. I'm, I don't want to go down this road because I, I I've come around on on Christian Watson. But the one thing I did read, I think it was in the Athletic Wednesday, was that. He has he has dropped a few passes again, mm-hmm. and that's that was the that was what was hurting him at times early last year. I mean, so he's got to he can't be dropping balls that are you know that's not a good thing. Yes, yeah, um, as hard as it's going to be, I mean, Jordan Love has has made some good throws. He's also made some questionable throws too. I mean, we're not going to get into whether or not he's doing good or bad. I mean, we'll 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 let it ride. I mean, I I think he's been more good than not, but. For him to to get out there as a first time starter and make these good throws and have his receivers dropping the ball, like can't have that because the Packers yeah. are already up against it, trying to get him ingrained and get these young players up and running and and try to perform to optimal. They can't let they can't let their own mistakes take them out. So you're right, that's right. that's a big thing to watch. I will say this though, I hope if he's going to drop the ball, if he's going to drop passes, drop them now. Yeah, drop them in training camp. Get all those out of your system because like like you said, Dobbs Watson. The Reed, the Reed kids looked okay. Very good. Jaden Reed. And, no. yeah. Musgrave. And then you got Aaron Jones and A.J. De- Listen, that's and, – and a good offensive line. Uh, that's, that's, that's a better offense than I think people are giving the Packers credit for right now. Listen, if the, if the safeties end up playing solid, and I know that's a lot to ask because it's Darnell Savage, Rudy Ford. It won't be Rudy And, well, I, you know, I, I know that they've been largely taking the – the, the first team snaps, but regardless yeah. of what they end up going with at, at safety, I mean, this is not, I, I said it on quick slants. I, I finally did a quick slants podcast. If you didn't listen to it, go check it out. It was out on Monday this week talking about training camp. This is not the, some people have this as kind of like a, a throwaway year in the sense that they're not going to be upset if the Packers don't do anything. Well, I don't know. I mean, there, this is not a, this is not a bottom feeding roster by any means at all. And the year and the and Devontae Wyatt looks like he's, he's making, playing real well. Playing real well. Quay Walker dropped an interception thrown right into his chest. But it's like he he's had a pretty decent camp too. 
and up front you've you've got the you know uh, TJ Slayton and some of those guys that are all of the guys that we talked about that need to make a jump if the Packers are going to surprise or do something this year seem to be kind of falling in line. Not everybody, but for the most part, those guys are. And then the, we just talked about the receivers. If Watson can hang on to the ball because he's going to get open a ton. Yeah, Watson. I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to bring that up, but I mean that is the one. Uh huh. It is. Every player has a flaw, right? I mean, even the great, every even great players have a flaw somewhere. That's his. I mean, it, you know, obviously it's not his, his speed is off the charts. His size is off the charts. He runs pretty good routes. He's tough. He's not afraid to go over. He, he has everything. He's got to, you know, he's got to work on his hands a little bit. That's all. Yeah. And and it, and again, if they make that jump, then this team could be really good this year. And I guess oh, when I, I when I say really good, I don't mean like contending for a Super Bowl. Let's, you know, let's pump the brakes on that a little bit. But you've said 10 wins, and I think 10 wins is very realistic. If this team maxes out, they, you know, they could do even better. But 10 to me, uh, especially if you want to compare it against last season, regardless of what the narrative or the reasons were, 10 wins is a raging success. Because I can guarantee if they win 10 games, they're playing in January. Oh, yeah. They're going to win. A di- 10 wins will win that division. Easily. Not about easily, but it'll win a division. <laughs> if, especially if it's the right 10. But I, I, I've been saying, I think they're the best team in the division. I really do. I'm, I'm not. And until somebody, until I see it for myself that the Lions are better than I think they are, I think the Vikings are going the wrong way. I mean, I, they're kind of. I don't. I, I guess they're not going to say they're rebuilding because they kept a quarterback and everything. But I don't think they're that. I mean, they they proved last year that they're all those fluky wins they got were just that flukes because they went in the playoffs and got embarrassed by the Giants. So they weren't what they 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 weren't as good as their record was. You know what I'm saying? So and I and they lost some key people. Some other people got older. They're, yeah, they're. I don't. I'm not. I'm not sold on the Vikings. The Lions are, like I've been saying this, the, the Lions are not the Lions of the past. They're not a one-win team. They're not a. They're not awful. They're, not, they're no longer a laughingstock. Dan Campbell has brought an attitude to that team. But they had a chance. The Lions had a chance this year to really get better and, and make a statement. And they had two first-round picks, and it took a running back and an off-the-ball linebacker. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm still scratching my head on both of those. And I, and I like Jameer Gibbs. I think he's supposed to be a you know, pretty good running back. But that just wasn't what they – like, they could have taken a shutdown corner like Gonzalez uh, or another pass rusher to go with Hutchinson and take a corner. Like, they, they had an opportunity to, like, really add two impact players on their defense. And they didn't. They took, you know, a, a linebacker that I don't even know if he was a first-round pick and a running back. Uh, and then they let Jamal Williams got who had a great year for him last year and was and we all know Jamal what we all we all know and love Jamal Williams. Not just what he does on the field, but he's a good presence on your team. To let him leave, that wasn't the, the brightest move either. And then they got the, the receivers just, just, just suspended again, you know, for gambling. They just I don't know. I again they're not gonna be terrible. I don't see them being like some people calling them, oh, they're gonna they're they're like everybody's darling team now. I think they might, they might go nine and eight again, like they were last year. Yeah, that's very possible. And and I notice how you you either aren't going to mention or you were saving the Bears for last because we all know how that oh, the is. Bears. <laughs> Bears are the Bears. Justin Fields not good. He went to Ohio State, <laughs> right? With Josh Myers. So well, at least Ohio State's had good offensive linemen. They've never they've never had a good quarterback. Yeah, no, they haven't ever, ever in the history. The school's been around a hundred and something years. They've had they've won national titles. They've won. They're they're always in the top ten. And they've never produced a good NFL quarterback. Mm-hmm. Mike Tomczak is the best quarterback to ever come out of Ohio State. Former, former Green Bay Packer, Mike Tomczak. Yeah, for a year or two. But he's the best. And he wasn't good. 
he was like okay. Yeah, he was like he a was, good backup. He was McMahon's backup, and then he took over when when Jim left Chicago after the yeah, Super Bowl and, years. And had the Bears do it after they left. Very average. <laughs> right. He's and he's the best. Yeah. Cardell Jones, Rex Kern, the guy that gambled, Schleister. None of them were any good. Right. Oh, we know. I'm we know that saying. we we know that the history we know that the history is not long of of Bears quarterbacks that are very good and and I no, Ohio State I'm talking about Ohio State oh, yeah that's that's true yeah, yeah Bears field, but Fields field starts off with two strikes off he went to Ohio State he got drafted by the Bears he's, yeah. so he's coming to bat with an O two count yeah <laughs> yeah well it is what it is life life throws life comes at you fast right so one thing I wanted to ask you not that we want to spend a bunch of time talking about kickers but Anders Carlson has been. Uh, you know what's interesting? He's at sixty percent for training camp so far, which I think is his career average. And that was the concern when they drafted him: was he's not going to be consistent as a kicker. His leg is great, but the accuracy has not has not really been very good. Now we, on two occasions, saw Mason Crosby have to dig himself out of a slump. He did it in twenty twelve, and then back in twenty eighteen, he had that stretch where he was real bad and didn't kick very well. I, I don't know how you're feeling about that. It's these are again. It's training camp. Okay, that's fine. But I still think this, it, it is what it is. I don't know how you're all of a sudden going to fix this. And this is a guy that's never played in the NFL before. This is this is kind of important. I mean, there's there's going to be a couple games that are going to be won and lost in the kicking game. And here we are. No, I'm, I'm a little concerned. I'm not, it is camp, but kicking is kicking, right? So my only hope or faith that I have, the faith I have, isn't necessarily in, in Anders Carlson. It's in Rich Passaccia. Right. I just think he's such a good special teams coach. If anybody, now if they still had Mo Drayton or some other guys they had in the past, I'd be like, oh no, this is this is this is going to be a disaster. But I have enough faith in in Bisaccia that he'll work on. He'll he's working. I'm sure he's working with him as we speak, and 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 helping you know getting his accuracy better. One thing that I've noticed because and and I, I don't know if, I don't know if Andy puts it out. I think Andy's been doing a lot. Paul as well. When they put like how he's done, they'll put like you know. Missed from forty eight, made from forty seven, made from forty two, missed. But and and they do them in in like sets. Mm-hmm. For some reason, he always misses his first one. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that even. I don't know what that means. But it's. I found it. I, I was looking. I'm like, damn. He always misses the first one, and then you and then usually makes it X two. Like maybe he needs more warm up. I, I I mean I don't know. It just seems kind of more than a coincidence to me that the one the, the kicks he misses is is generally the first one he takes. I just don't want to see the team do better than thought on offense and defense and is, right. is good. And then they end up it's losing right. some more games than they should. Like, I don't want to keep beating the drum of 2008 because it's been compared ad nauseum and, you know, Rogers first season taking over for Favre and loving it. But, but I'm not really talking about it in the same way, but it's like the, the defense, there were a lot of close losses that year where they, they might've been better than six and 10. And I could see if the Packers finish like, seven and ten but they really could have been nine and eight or ten and seven and the kicking game or special teams i don't know we'll see i mean we have to have some faith in rich basaccia and and apparently there's a there's a a good punter healthy punter competition as well so if that's if that's the case then may the best guys may the best guys win again i even though he he was a draft pick he's a rookie you know i gotta think i mean they're gonna give him every opportunity and they are i mean there's nobody else even in, in camp right now but i gotta think he doesn't get that much of a rope, right? I mean, I mean, let's see what happens in the, in the three preseason games. If he's missing them, if he's bad, if he's making one every other kick, and that you know, and I'm not saying Mason Crosby, because that's what everybody says. Oh, they'll just call. 
but there's 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 a there will there's always kickers available. Right. And you hate to, and you hate to get into that carousel, but they like like you said, you can't if the offense is is clicking with all the guys that we mentioned and the defense, which should be a lot better, is you know is playing up to their 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 level. Yeah, you can't you can't lose games because your kicker goes out and misses a forty four yard field goal. You know, like to win the game, you just can't have that. So, I, I don't think he's. I mean, and I think they could. And I'm, I'm and I'm not saying they'd even give up on him. I'm saying they could go sign a veteran kicker, that's whoever available, and stick this kid on the practice squad and let him, you know, work it out there. And um, you know, he's a young kid. He, his future, you know, could be great. I mean, I mean, there, I'm sure there's there's a history of kickers that took a little while to to be to to get good. So yeah, but I, yeah, you can't you can't cost yourself a playoff spot because of a rookie kicker missing field goals. No, definitely not. This again, wide open NFC. This is not the year to mess around, especially with the Packers. Their margin for error is very slim right now. It, it may end up proving to be a little bit wider if everybody plays real great, and if Jordan Love plays like you know Saturday's practice has, is still being talked about as one of his, of his best with the team. If he's gonna, if that's the version of Jordan Love that they're gonna get this year, then they might be able to survive a little bit. But they're still up against it. I mean, they still they still have a, a long way to go to compete with the top teams in the in the NFC. It's a different, totally different vibe this year than than it is you know in in seasons past but again it's going to be fun because of all the intrigue and all the stuff that we we just talked about so we'll have more now as we move towards now next week we'll be kind of doing a primer for the first preseason game which is happening that will happen the day after our next show goes but we'll have another week of camp uh i don't know mark is there anything that you're and this will kind of parlay into maybe what you're you're working on over packer report but what do you want to see over this next week in in training camp from the packers Actually, what we just talked about, I want to see. I don't want to see any more drops from Christian Watson. I want to hear that he's catching everything, uh, and I want to hear that Andrews Carlson went out and made eight for eight mm-hmm. one day. Yeah, really <laughs> simple as that. That's a two, that's two things right there. Um, yeah, and then and then and then everything else. I want to see love love have more days like Saturday, and you know why to continue all the guys that we mentioned that are playing well to keep playing well. And to be honest, I'd like to see Myers back in and not botching snaps because I. I think the I, – yeah, I have to play the best five, like we said when we started this, started this conversation about the offensive line. But I think in a perfect world, you want you want a good Myers at center and Tom at tackle and then Neiman being that guy that can back up. You know, that, gives, that just gives you a six-man that can, you know, help you out of both tackle spots. If you start Neiman and you put Tom in center, then, then you got to hope one of the kids is, is your backup tackle. And then what's Myers? He's just a backup center? I mean mm-hmm. – uh, you know, so yeah, I'd like to see that get straightened out too, one one way or another. Yeah, same. And for me, for me, it's just continue to move the needle. Those who are playing well continue to play well with Jordan Love. Stack good practices on top of each other. Not not none of this up and down. Good day, bad day. Build on it. Continue to to get better. The joint practices will come into play. We'll hear more about that and some of those competitive periods and how those guys look against other guys too. It's it starts to get it starts to get real when you get other uniforms involved. So that should be. That should be yep. exciting. So, and for anybody who's star for football, it's not the Packers, but there's football tonight. Jets and Browns. You want to get a chance to? Oh, it's half the Packers. And it is half. It is half the Packers. And 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 I'll bet you, you know, uh, over under on the total number of minutes that the camera is on Aaron Rodgers on the sideline. I don't know what you want to put the number at, Mark. Ten. 
sport uh, more than in, on the game. <laughs> yeah, probably. Well, Rogers won't play. He definitely won't play. But but he will he will be there. And and uh, it was great to have Zach Rosenblatt on again. Check out his stuff over at the Athletic if you want to follow some Jet stuff. Uh, what is up at Packer Report now, and what's coming up? Up now is my um, a look at the roster with locks, locks, long shots, good bets on the bubble. Just a breakdown of the roster. It's not a it's not a, a fifty three man prediction, so to speak, but it's you read it and I kind of get predictions on certain spots, but it's it's locks and long shots is basically what I call it. I got to give a shout out too, Jason. I, I mentioned this to you during the week, but I I I, I met a a long a, a guy that knows more about pack a day than any of us. I think uh, his name's Tyler New. He, he messaged me. He was in. He lives in Cincinnati, but he was in. He was down in Myrtle Beach and sent me a message to, to, if I wanted to get together with him. He listens to all. He listens every night. He listens to every pack a day show. He he was breaking down the shows for me. I I, I met him and his lovely wife and uh, his three kids, three young kids. Matter of fact, his baby was named Desmond. I said, Desmond Howard. You name after Desmond Howard? He's like, No, nah, no, nah, that was just Quince. <laughs> the happiest baby I've ever seen in my life. Four months old. That kid never. We went out to dinner, and the kid. Oh, I never seen a happier, smiley baby than in, in all my life. But anyway, shout out to him. It was, it was a pleasure meeting him and his family. And he, I, mean, I know he's listening because he listens every every pack a day. He he was break. I mean, I it was amazing. He was he was telling me about every show. Right. Uh, he, yeah, he knew it all. So that was uh, I got to give a shout out to to one of our probably our number one listener, maybe super fan, super a, fan, yeah, a Packer fan, and a pack a day fan, and a pack a day fan. Yeah, absolutely. And then. I'll be back with another edition of the Quick Slants podcast on Monday, breaking down more Packers news and notes and whatever comes up between now and the beginning of next week. But thanks, everybody, for checking out this episode. Hope you enjoyed the conversation with Zach and some Packers chat. Hope everybody's summer is going well. Everyone's staying cool. Make sure you drink plenty of water. Take care of yourself. And as always, go Pack Go! ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time there's granger offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need plus you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you call clickgranger.com or just stop by granger for the ones who get it done